everybody, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Oh My Landa, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast, and Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Well, today I am bringing to you the spring 2022 edition of books I have read. So mainly it's going to be YA and a lot Honestly, <laughs> it's middle grade and a lot of YA. I've been getting back into young adult again, which I absolutely love. So the first book up is a middle grade. It's called The Undercover Book List. This is by Colleen Nelson. And if you've been listening to some of the reviews that I've done on books, I absolutely love books about people that like to read, especially middle grade. I just, I love reading about a book they're reading, like, hey, I've read that, or oh my gosh. So it's really cool. This one came out last fall, October 5th, 2021, and I rated it five stars. I would have read this and would have finished this in early April. This was a book that I think maybe it took me a couple days to read tops. So, all right. And it is a dual narrative about a boy and a girl, so... He's known as the class troublemaker. She's known as the bookworm. But when every note they send is anonymous, identity is suddenly what they make it. Between her father's posting overseas and her best friend Sienna's move to the other side of the country, seventh grade is looking lonely for Jane McDonald. But her friend Sienna has left her with one last trick. A hidden message in a library book. The perfect plot to start a secret club and find Jane a new book-loving friend. Tyson Flamand has problems of his own. Since the fourth grade, he's had a reputation as a bad kid. And there's no point fighting it when teachers always think the worst. So when he finds an anonymous note in the library looking for a nerdy new friend, he knows he's the last person in the world it could be meant for. But something makes him answer it anyway, and Tyson finds himself pulled into a secret book club where being hidden may be the first step to being truly seen. With the insight of a veteran middle grade school teacher, a veteran middle school teacher, Colleen Nelson, author of the award-winning Harvey Comes Home and Sadia weaves together two stories of identity, expectation, and the courage to challenge both. As their paths move ever closer, Jane and Tyson both discover their own self-reliance and their ability to overcome obstacles that seemed insurmountable. Now, I'm going to be honest, when I first started reading from Tyson's point of view, I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid, I swear... He's just, he's a troublemaker, he doesn't, I mean, I get it, he's a kid and everything, but he's hanging out with a couple guys that are not the best influence on him, and he just continues to make bad choices, even when he's getting talked to by the principal, by his teachers, he still is just choosing the wrong thing to do, even though... In his heart, in a way, he wants to do the right thing, but he just will not stand up to his to, uh, bad egg friends, basically. And Jane, yeah, her dad is overseas, and 
he's on, you know, his mission and everything of what he needs to do. And they do the Skype or FaceTiming. And it's just, it's not enough that he's just on a screen and she can talk to him and see him. He's not physically there. And that's just really hard. And the fact that her best friend just moved across the country. (laughs) And even, again, the same thing is, you can, you know... We have it in our phones, on our laptops now, that we can see and talk to somebody. But it's not the same thing as being in the same room with someone and hanging out. I mean, but um, I, I really like the book. I like that if this does exist in, in real life, and I really wish this would have been something I would have been into in middle in middle school, a hundred and ten percent, or even high school, a type of book clubbish competition where you're going with um tri- trivia questions. You're on a team. You're competing against other schools. I did something like that. It was more like movie trivia though, and we like went to another school to compete. And what it was is just you're writing down like answers in a booklet and stuff for these trivia questions. That's all it really was. It wasn't like a quiz bowl team where you're, you know, talking amongst yourselves, your teammates, and then giving an answer. So, um, yeah. But I, I really like this. Books like this, Ban This Book by Alan Gantz is another one, The Losers Club by the late Andrew Clemens is another book, um, Property of the Rebel Librarian, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on the author right now, but that's another one that deals with characters that like to read books. All right, so, um, this book kicked, this next book kicked off, it's a YA book, kicked off my love of author Karen M. McManus. She's been on my radar for a bit with her book called One of Us is Lying, and that book, I guess, was turned into a Peacock streaming service series, and the book One of Us is Lying has been out for quite a while, and I just had been so hesitant to pick it up. You know how books that are so popular that you're almost wondering whether or not they're going to be worth the hype to read it, so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to start with that one. That's like her first book. So I'm like, well, she's written a few other books. I'm going to start with Two Can Keep a Secret. And this book came out in April, it says April 5th, 2022, but I think that's just a paperback edition because that's the one that I got. All right. So the must-read YA thriller from New York Times bestselling author, one of us is lying, about a small town with deadly secrets. When it comes to YA suspense, Karen M. McManus is in a league of her own. Entertainment Weekly, Echo Ridge. What? I don't know. Oh, that's from Entertainment Weekly saying, quoting that. Okay, so Echo Ridge is a small, basically small town America. Ellery's never been there, but she's heard all about it. Her aunt went missing there at the age of 17. And only five years ago, a homecoming queen put the town on the map when she was killed. Now Ellery has to move there to live with a grandmother she barely knows. 
The town is picture perfect, but it's hiding secrets. And before school even begins for Ellery, someone has declared open season on homecoming, promising to make it as dangerous as it was five years ago. Then, almost as if to prove it, another girl goes missing. Ellery knows all about secrets. Her mother has them. Her grandmother does, too. And the longer she's in Echo Ridge, the clearer it becomes that everyone there is hiding something. The thing is, secrets are dangerous, and most people aren't good at keeping them, which is why in Echo Ridge, it's safest to keep your secrets to yourself. So, yeah. I I like this book. For uh, my first book by this author, I was just like... And I remember that, because um, I was reading it, when um, I was having an MRI done on my knee, if you guys have been listening, I probably maybe mentioned it a couple of times. My right knee has been bothering me since like late February of this year. And I didn't really think much about it at first. It was just like, it was something that would come and go before, like when it would get cold when I lived in Michigan. I didn't really think much of it. But the fact that it's just... It's constant, not in stop to the point where now I'm walking with a limp. You know, like I said, I had an x-ray done, then I had an MRI, and it just showed nothing. But anyway, why I brought that up is because with the MRI, you got to be still. And I, of course, whenever I go somewhere an appointment, I bring a book. That's just me. So I bring this book with me, and it's not a very long book. Like I said, it's paperback, which makes it perfect for when you're supposed to lie there. Like, basically stomach onward is going to be in that machine and it's just honestly that was the most relaxing experience I've ever had doing something because that was the first time I've done something like that so yeah I'm just reading the book and then you know the lady put some headphones on my my head and I'm like she's like what kind of music you want to listen to I'm like "Eh, 80s something like that and then afterwards halfway through I'm like because it was supposed to like take a half hour or so I'm like halfway through I'm like oh man like some of the songs I'm like are some of these really 80s because it was born in 82 some of them were I should have afterwards I told her like, oh man I should have asked for 90s country because that's what I grew up on but this book two can keep a secret this was really really good it really kept me guessing it really made me wonder like hmm and, um, yeah, it's not just, you know, Ellery that's moving. It's her and her twin brother that are going to live with their grandma that they really don't know because they don't know who their dad is. And also, um, they, um, <laughs> their mother is, um, dealing with some personal stuff and she is kind of in a facility to get a handle on some stuff so you know and then the kids have to start school at this place and they're already the talk of the town everyone you know it's a small town everyone knows their mother everyone knows what happened to their aunt who is also you know the twin sister of their mom so there's that going for them like twins running the family and it's just you know I just, I liked the brother-sister dynamic. I liked that they kind of found their core, you know, people. Like, 
her brother, why I'm blanking on his name because his name is not in this description and I cannot think of it for the life of me. And it just, her, her brother, I found someone who is into the same stuff he is. So that's pretty awesome too. Also, there is LGBTQ representation in this book as well. So really kept me on my toes. It really kept me like paying constantly turning like, I gotta find out. I gotta find out what's going to happen. So that was that one. The next book, The Cousins was the book that actually came out I can't remember the order of some of these this might have been the second book okay here we go so the first one was from like at least two or three points of view maybe it was only two but uh this one's from three we got Millie, Aubrey, and Jonah Story. They're cousins, but they barely know each other. And they've never even met their grandmother. Oh, boy. <laughs> I see a theme here. <laughs> Rich and reclusive, she disinherited their parents before they were born. Before the grandkids were born. So when they each receive a letter inviting them to work at her island resort for the summer, they're surprised and curious. Their parents are all clear on one point. Not going is not an option. This could be the opportunity to get back into grandmother's good graces. But when the cousins arrive on the island, it's immediately clear that she has different plans for them. And the longer they stay, the more they realize how mysterious and dark their family's past is. The entire story family has secrets. Whatever pulled them apart years ago isn't over. And this summer, the cousins will learn everything. So, not actually, to be honest, we not only get Millie, Aubrey, and Jonah's story, we also get Millie's mom's story, because it's Millie's mom and then her three brothers that are the kids and then these are you know millie aubrey and jonah are the grant the um children basically the next generation um this book is another one that definitely surprised me like i was not i mean it has you kind of guessing one way and then another then you're second guessing yourself to the point where you're like i don't know what to believe and then that ending just kind of comes out of nowhere like oh ah oh mm, interesting so yes these books they keep me hooked <laughs> and I cannot wait for the next one to come out so the next book I read after that is you'll be the death of me also by Karen McManus this one came out last November and this one I trying to think I think I Yes, I did. I read this one, I finished it basically on the way to Mangum, Oklahoma for that Rattlesnake Derby, which let me tell you, that was a disappointment. It was okay. I was expecting more out of that Rattlesnake Derby, like more rattlesnakes. I don't know. But uh, the food was very expensive and um, 
they didn't really have a good selection of shirts as far as it said rattlesnake derby on it and i'm just but but whatever anyway <laughs> it wasn't all right it was it was fun i mean that's a place that jeremy went to he went to the rattlesnake derby when he was like 15 so he said he said it was actually probably a little bit better when he was younger than, you know, basically, all yeah, it was just like a flea market mixed with, like, food trucks. So, alright. <clears throat> You'll be the death of me. Ivy, Mateo, and Cal, another three-person narrative, used to be close. Now, all they have in common is Carlton High and the beginning of a very bad day. Type A, Ivy, lost a student council election to the class clown and now she has to face the school humiliated heartthrob mateo is burned out he's been working two jobs since his family business failed and outsider cal just got stood up again so when cal pulls into campus late for class and runs into ivy and mateo it seems like the perfect opportunity to turn a bad day around They'll ditch and go into the city, just the three of them, like old times, except they're barely left the parking lot before they run out of things to say. Until they spot another Carlton High student's giving school and follow him to the scene of his own murder. And when chains move, their day turns from dull to deadly, and it's about to get worse. It turns out Ivy, Mateo, and Cal still have some things in common. They all have a connection to the dead kid. They're all hiding something. Now they're all wondering, could it be that their chance reconnection wasn't by chance after all? From the author of One of Us is Lying comes a brand new pulse-pounding thriller. It's Ferris Bueller's Day Off with Murder when three old friends relive an epic ditch day and it goes horribly and fatally wrong. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I did definitely like the book, but... With them throwing Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I have seen, honestly, it's not my favorite John Hughes movie, but they throw in that aspect, and it, you get shortchanged if you're thinking it's anything like that. So these three, they're in high school. They first started hanging out when they were 13. They're at like a, a, like a museum, a planetarium, a, something, a field trip. And they all kind of, like, look at each other like, hey, you want to, like, get out of here? We can go hang out somewhere else or whatever. And, you know, it becomes a, a trio and stuff like that. But then again, it's one girl and, and two guys. And, of course, yeah, so they, they kind of kind of fall out of touch. Even though they go to the same school, they're all kind of doing their own thing, you know, years later. And it just, I was expecting more from this. Just a whole Ferris Bueller. I thought they were like, oh, let's go to the city. And they're going to do stuff. No, that lasts maybe all of a, a handful of minutes. Because they got pulled into this murder by, you know, one of their other classmates. And then it's a whole, like, oh, we got to figure out what to do now that we have this information and everything. So, it was, it was, it was good. I, I definitely, you know, I like the characters and stuff like that. But, um, I guess I was just expecting a smidge more on the, 
kind of ditch day thing that they were going to do. I thought they were like going to be all over the city doing stuff, but for the most part, they kind of just stay in one section of the city. And then eventually, because also with the technology and everything, they're able to see that um, <laughs> everyone learns that this class clown kid just took off. Like, oh, this guy ditched. Oh, you guys aren't here because their friends are like, and their siblings are kind of like, hey, where are you? Class is starting. Why aren't you here? What's going on? Because, of course, they got to come up with alibis for why they're not in class. Like, oh, well, we'll just have to pretend to be our parents and just, we'll all three call out sick. But it's just... Ugh. And a, a lot of it also is, like, it's a race against time. we got to get back to we got to sort out everything that's going on. And, it, like I said, I mean, I liked it, but the other ones maybe I liked a smidge more. Another book, this book I actually um, finished on my nook on the same day as that trip to Magnum, Oklahoma. Because I was more than halfway through it. The, oh, gosh, I loved this book. This book, wow. Oh, it's called Every Single Lie. This is by Rachel Vincent. This book came out in January of 2021. So this book's like a year and a half old at this point. But, wow, I mean, I I like that I can get a sample of books on my nook so I can kind of read like maybe a couple chapters and decide like do I really want it this book and after like the first couple of pages I was hooked this 100% this book wow okay <clears throat> here we go in this gripping YA novel about social media bullying and half-truths one girl's discovery of a dead baby in her high school locker room rocks an entire community Nobody in Beckett's life seems to be telling the whole story. Her boyfriend, Jake, keeps hiding texts and might be cheating on her. Her father lied about losing his job before his shocking death. And everyone in school seems to be whispering, whispering about her and her family behind her back. But none of that compares to the day Beckett finds the body of a newborn baby in a gym bag Jake's gym bag on the floor of her high school locker room as word leaks out rumors that Beckett's the mother take off like wildfire in a town all too ready to believe the worst of her and as the police investigation unfolds she discovers that everyone has a secret to hide and the truth could alter everything she thought she knew and the thing is with this being really really tricky is the fact that her father some, you know, in the book think it was suicide. Um, some think that because a combination of, you know, pills and alcohol. And he a lot had, he was, um, had also been, I think he had been in the war for, in a war for a bit. And then he also became a fireman as shortly after he came home. And he had a lot of, he was struggling, you know, trying to keep jobs and everything like that. And, but... Beckett's mom is a police officer for that small town, and when this whole thing just escalates from the word go, because she, and she's just minding her own business, you know, she's like taking a minute, she goes in the locker room just to kind of get away from, because she thinks her boyfriend's cheating on her, and... 
<laughs> anyway, she finds a duffel bag there, and she finds the little dead baby. The baby is very, very premature and sadly has passed. And so she calls the police. They come out to the locker room. And the thing is, Beckett takes a picture because she thinks like it's, you know, her boyfriend's gym bag because he's a baseball player and everything. That's your gym bag. That's your, um, t-shirt that the the baby was wrapped up in and everything like that and by doing by taking that picture and that is on her phone that's just and that picture I'm I'm just going to say it right now that picture does get out uh you know on Twitter a lot of this is just done through to through Twitter and everything like someone creates a um a Twitter handle and Starts spewing lies as far as, oh, well, that's your boyfriend's duffel bag and that's his shirt, right? Well, then that must be your baby because you were found there with the duffel bag in the locker room with the police there and everything. And just, yeah, it's just, it just escalates. It's just, oh my God, it's like a major, major poop storm there <laughs> and you just you feel bad for her and for you know the family they're already you know they live in a small town they're already dealing with the aftermath of what happened to their father because it's Beckett and her younger brother and her younger sister her si Beckett's like 17 18 and her younger brother's like 17 and then her young sister is like 13, 14. So she's like in junior high. But um, the book is amazing. It really had me really like questioning a lot of things. Like, could it be this person? Like, and I just, I knew it's like, no, this cannot, it can't be her. It can't be her because... But then I'm like, well, definitely it's not her. It's not like the shocking thing is gonna well it was her the whole time like no it wasn't <laughs> so um but the book is really written and really if you read the book read the author's note I know before in the past like sometimes I would like not read the author's note like yeah, I'm done with the book but I have been reading author's notes on in books at the end of the books and they are so and so this one was very insightful for where the author got the idea to come up with the story. It does kind of pull from some personal things and references and stuff like that, but um, I 100% would, if I had to choose of all the books that I've read as far as why, I say that one 100%, you should read that book. every single lie so I can't recommend that one I mean honestly if I had to choose between this list of what all that would definitely be the one so yes the next book of course I did read One of Us is Lying the first book of Karen M. McManus I finished that in early May all right Pay close attention and you might solve this. On Monday afternoon, five students at Bayview High walk into detention. Broen the Brain is Yale-bound and never breaks a rule. 
Addie, the beauty, is the picture-perfect homecoming princess. Nate, the criminal, is already on probation for dealing. And Cooper, the athlete, is the all-star baseball pitch pitcher. And Simon, the outcast, is the, is the creator of Bayview High's notorious gossip app. Only Simon never makes it out of that classroom. Before the end of detention, Simon's dead. And according to investigators, his death wasn't an accident. On Monday, he died. But on Tuesday, he'd planned to post juicy reveals about all four of his high school, uh, all four of his high-profile classmates, which makes all four of them suspects in his murder. Or are they the perfect patsies for a killer who's still on the loose? Everyone has secrets, right? What really matters is how far you would go to protect them. <laughs> and yes, it does sound a lot like The Breakfast Club. Can you imagine if The Breakfast Club ended up like where... Well, gosh, who would be that? That'd be Allison in The Breakfast Club because Allison was the outcast. Andrew, <laughs> played by Emilio, Emilio Estevez, was the jock. He had Bender, played by... Um, for crying out loud, Jeremy and I both, this movie was on TV. We've both seen it a, a billion times, and we could not for the life of us remember. And I'm already blanking again on his name, who plays John Bender. Also, um, <laughs> Molly Ringwald plays um, Claire. She plays the prom queen princess. So, and then, of course, you have the brain, Brian. Um, can you imagine if... And spoiler alert, if you guys don't want to be spoiled on The Breakfast Club, uh, fast forward, skip ahead like 30 seconds. Brian brings a flare gun to school because he was going to commit suicide because he got an F in Woodshop because he made an elephant lamp and you when you pulled the trunk the light was supposed to go on and it didn't go on and because he's saying you can't have an f not my family you, you just you can't i can't have it my folks can't have it and yeah that was a major series and when they're all telling their their truths of why they're in there and just how messed up their their parents are and all that stuff their relationships with their parents so but yeah, One of Us is Lying, <laughs> such a good one. And I look forward to reading that there's going to be a third book out sometime next year. Um, I did read One of Us is Next, and I just, oh, the characters, oh my goodness. I'm not going to read the synopsis because it does kind of give a little bit away of the first book. Um, yeah, and then in la the last two are going to be middle grade books. The most, yeah, that I've read is the young adult because I'm kind of on that kick again so um and I want to give you guys a warning here that this book came out just before what happened in um Uvalde Texas with the shooting um so it's called This Is Not a Drill. This is by K.A. Holt. This book came out May 17th, 2022. So, yes, it would have come out, like, less than a... Less than a week before the shooting happened on May 24th. 
Okay, so, and this book is entirely told in text messages. This timely story explores the real dangers kids face with humor, insight, and a ton of heart. Ava is having a really bad day. Her parents are getting divorced. She just had a big argument with her two best friends, and she forgot to charge her phone. Again. To top it all off, while she is hiding out in the bathroom over lunch, the alarm goes off for a lockdown drill. Ava knows the rules. She has to get herself into a classroom, turn the ringer off on her phone, lock the door, and cover the windows. But all the rooms have already been locked from the inside, and there is no one in the halls. Pretty soon she realizes there is an intruder in the building. This isn't a drill. From the author of From Me to You and House Arrest comes this timely book that explores both the effect of school lockdown drills and the relatable struggles of modern middle grade friendship. There are um, a couple other books. There's one called The Shape of Thunder by Jasmine Warga. I haven't read it yet. There is another one that is called Aftermath, and I can't think of the author right now. Another book I haven't read that deals with, you know, these are dealing with the aftermaths of school shootings and, and stuff like that. So very, very powerful reading for young ages. But with the world that we're currently living in right now, I mean, I thought the good was, the book was good. Um, it was short, but then again, it's all in text messages. But it, the delivery was good. I mean, you definitely get the kids are scared. They, you know, a lot of the rooms don't seem to have teachers in them. It's just the kids trying to figure out what to do. And especially, I mean, think about it. you put yourself in that situation. You didn't charge your phone. And you you know how fast batteries can die if you're typing away on them and whatnot. Yeah. And just think, if you, you, you barely got any, any battery left and you're trying to figure out, like, what's going on. Is, is there anywhere I can go to and, and all this stuff? But I definitely would reckon, recommend this book. Um, the last book I read for spring... It's by an actor, John Cho. You might remember him from the Star Trek movies within the last decade. <laughs> um, and the thing is, it kind of made me realize, like, yes, 2022 is the 30th anniversary of the beating of Rodney King. So it, this book is called Troublemaker. It, is, it was published March 22, 2022. Oh, right. Troublemaker follows the events of the L.A. riots through the eyes of 12-year-old Jordan as he navigates school and family. This book will highlight the unique Korean-American perspective. 12-year-old Jordan feels like he can't live up to the example of his, his older sister set or his parents' expectations. When he returns home from school one day, hoping to hide his suspension, Los Angeles has reached a turning point. In the wake of the acquittal of the police officers filmed beating Rodney King, as well as the shooting of a young black teen, Letitia Harlins, by a Korean store owner, the country is at the precipice of confronting its racist past and present. As tensions escalate, Jordan's father leaves to check on the family store, spurring Jordan and his friends to embark on a dangerous journey to come to his aid. 
and come to terms with the racism within and affecting their community. I thought this book was good. Another one that wasn't too, too long. Um, I think it maybe clocked in in just over 200 pages. Um, but it definitely, it kind of shows the main character having issues with school. You know, he's constantly, even not just by his parents, but his, his principal saying, you should be more like your older sister. She's so good with school and her grades are excellent. And why are you always getting in trouble? And because he was caught cheating on tests because he's trying to bring his grades up. So now he's suspended. And just before that... He and his father had a major blowout fight where they both said things that they most likely wish they could take back. And now his dad went to go check on the family's liquor store and, you know, probably, you know, board up the windows and everything like that. And now it's Jordan's like, can't get a hold of dad because he ain't answering the phone. And he's like, well, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get down there because, you know, my mom's home, my sister's home, grandpa's home. How am I going to get out of the... So he calls up his friend, who is not the best influence on him. He ends up, you know, he's making bad choices and his friend is just... Yeah, so <laughs> he goes with his friend, Mike, I think it is. And, oh my goodness, this kid. So, because Jordan's goal is to... Because his dad has a gun for protection, and he thinks, well, okay, I'm going to go and take this gun to my dad so he can protect himself. So it's just a matter of the journey of getting there, and just one thing after another keeps stopping him f from getting there and everything like that. Because he's not exactly being truthful to his friend about what's in his backpack, and where he's really going and everything like that so he just knows that he has to get to his dad and it, it is a good book uh, so yes i really enjoyed these books i definitely encourage you all to check them out when you can so look forward to my fall and summer reads coming this fall and at the end of the year. There'll be two separate ones. One for summer reads and then the other one will be for fall, which I'll cover in December. So hope you enjoy the podcast episode and have a great weekend. Bye-bye, everybody.